Welcome to After the Whistle. That Tom Brady, who the hell is that? He's, he having, a, he's having a really Tom good Tom Brady season. is a horrible quarterback. Yeah. I think I'm better than him. Is this the point where, as a Cleveland Cavaliers fan, you say, wow, this team really isn't that good? Just who the Leafs are. This def- yep. These defensive issues, it's just who they are. There's no way around it. No matter how well we are offensively, but our defense here's is a question the problem. For you. After the whistle. Hey guys, welcome to After the Whistle, Season 2, Episode 2. Episode 14 overall, but we've started a new season, so we're starting fresh. Starting fresh, starting fresh. Starting fresh. Uh, so, what's been new with you over the past week? Um, doing my internship. Doing getting your internship. that started. Um, pretty much, I've been killing it on my FIFA career mode coaching you really <laughs> so I've been killing it like that's just I've won I've won the treble two years in a row so that's a pretty good accomplishment and other than that it's amazing I've really done stuff much. It, man Juve should really hire me as a coach right now yeah, I don't think they would no, they wouldn't they wouldn't <laughs> what about you what's been going on how's it like that TSN that TSN you know the sports just... network the Stefan network not yet just that TSN trying to make it in sports media Yep. Julia Kolovecchia, by the way, sucks. Just throwing that out there. Yeah. She'll never sure. listen to this, so it's okay. There's a literally like a 0.000001% chance that she'll listen to this Miss, podcast. I'm editor-in-chief. Ever. I, I live in Vaughn. We're, we're, we're simply not good enough for her. No, no. Not good enough for her. No. <laughs> Anyways, let's move on. We're going to talk about the NHL. We're talking about the Leafs, and we're going to talk about the Avalanche as well because they've won 10 in a row. Who saw that coming when Matt Duchesne left the Avs earlier this season? I didn't. I'm sure Matt Duchesne didn't see it coming because he wanted to leave because he wanted to be on a team that was going to make the playoffs. He wanted he wanted to be on a team that was going to contend. And as it stands right now, the Ottawa Senators are 14 points out of a playoff spot. We're going to get to that, though. Uh, we're also going to talk about the Cleveland Cavaliers who gave up 148 points earlier this week. Can you believe that? 148 points. I saw that score and I was like, this is like rock bottom for the, Ca- the Cavs. But yeah, then again, we've, we've, we've said that the Cavs are at rock bottom before. So we'll get into that because it is a hot topic right now. Cleveland panic mode. And we'll talk about the Raptors, of course, because we got to talk about the Raptors. They've, lo- they've lost three of their last five. So uh, it's, a weird, it's, a, it's a weird time for them right now, but we'll, we'll get into that. And the National Football League playoffs are well underway, and the Super Bowl is actually set. Philadelphia taking on, yet again, New England. Who would have thought? Who would have thought? Who would have thought? Well, not New England, like, not being there. Everyone knew they were No, that's what there. I'm saying. Like, that was a sarcastic comment about New England, yeah. though. <laughs> no, of course New England was going to be they're in the Super Bowl. Odd, they're the underdogs. Good to see that team getting their shot. Yeah. No, I think New England is a huge underdog going to the Super Bowl. Oh, that Tom Brady, who the hell is that? He's, he's, having, a, he's having a really Tom good Tom Brady season. is a horrible quarterback. Yes. I think I'm better than him. Wow. Yeah. Hot take. I, that's... But let's start with the Leafs. So the Leafs completed completed a wild third-period comeback against the Senators last Saturday, but followed it up with a very sloppy defensive game against Colorado Which last night. Which we should have seen coming. Very sloppy. And But when I say sloppy, like this, defensively, offensively, they played okay. They created a lot of chances, but defensively, they were horrible. This was And it didn't help that Freddie Anderson wasn't great last night either. This game was sloppier than your Uncle Sloppy Joe's. Like, they're just I actually mess. have an Uncle Joe, and he's pretty sloppy. There's <laughs> just mess everywhere, yep. but... Honestly, like, it's it's not fun for me to keep saying this because 
literally sounds like a broken record. Probably I've said this at least once every podcast, but it's just who the Leafs are. This def- yep. These defensive issues, it's just who they are. There's no way around it. No matter how well we are offensively, but our defense here's is the problem. for you in, to counter that. Yeah. Th- but Nikita Zaitsev and Morgan Riley are out of the lineup right now. Do you think okay. should the Leafs be using injuries as an excuse no, for where they're no, playing? No, because without Morgan Riley, we should have and we did beat the Senators. Without Morgan we did, Riley, but we played terrible defensively in that we, game as well. The point is that we should be able to beat them, which we did. Without Riley, we should have been able to also win against Colorado, right? We should have, but we didn't. And the defense has been a problem all year, and we Zaitsev talked about it so and, much. And, the, and Zaitsev hasn't even been that great all year as well. Actually, no, I have a stat uh, about Zaitsev that I'm going to get into later when we talk about Borgman. So, well, number okay, but yeah, just ha- numbers say one thing, but just on the eye, visually, he hasn't looked the best this year, Zaitsev. No, he hasn't so. been good. No. Yeah. No. Okay, so no, but, I didn't know where you're going with that. So I don't want. Well, we're we're going to get into it a little bit okay. later because it's more relevant later. No, on, no, but fair. Um, so another another hot topic is. There's been some heat on Mike Babcock lately about his pairings on the power play and in overtime. Yeah, um, I don't. I hate to say this because Mike Babcock is such a great coach, but do you think his stubbornness is starting to get the best of him, and he's to blame for the Leafs' mediocre play? Honestly, no. Or should he, he be using his players differently? He yes, he should be, and yes, he is partially to blame for them losing, but. Like many other sports talk shows have said when they've talked about this particular issue, there's clearly another, there's clearly something bigger at play here that Babcock is doing. Because literally, he's one of the smartest coaches in the league. So you don't think he knows that these aren't the best pairings for his team. He probably knows that. But I think there's something bigger at play that he's just, I don't know, he just I think he's just trying to focus them on not blowing leads and teaching them how to play proper defensively. Because once you get that down packed, our offense is fine. But he, I think he's taken away from the style of play to make them realize you have to defend. Like you have to defend because you don't want you don't want to be the team. Like remember what was it? A couple. I think it was like 2011 or whatever. I don't know. Was- the Washington Capitals, they led the league in goals. They scored four goals per game. Yeah. But then they once they went into the playoffs, they got swept in the first round. Well, yeah, that's so a you, good so point because you can't win with shitty defense. Pittsburgh so, made it happen last year because they had a bunch of injuries. But it, most case, most cases it doesn't happen like that, right? No, so you need I think good defense. I think there's a bigger, and also this has been brought up to the like the sports science department and the Leafs is one of the best in the league. So I think there might be, they might be saving minutes for Matthews. The, the rumors that they're giving Matthews less time now, so that in the playoffs he'll be more fresh, which I don't think really makes sense because he's tw- he's nine, he's twenty, he's twenty years old. He's going to be fresh all he, the time. Exactly. Like Look at last season when he played in the, in the World Cup of Hockey to start the season. Then he played a full season. And then after the season, he played somewhere else. Didn't He played yeah. playoff games. Don't get me wrong. It does right. it does have an effect. But when you're that young, it no, doesn't it have doesn't. that much of an effect. No. Like if this is Patrick Marlowe, yeah, like I understand. You save him now for playoffs. But but that brings it to like what I texted you even today is that yeah. with all this said, he has... They have juggled the lineups. They have. But we're going to get into that in a second. You mentioned Patrick Marlowe. I just wanted to mention one point about Patrick Marlowe yeah. before we get into the, the breaking news with Babcock switching up the lines. Yeah. So if there's one positive we can take out of that Senators game on Saturday, it's Patrick Marlowe's speech in the second intermission. Now, we don't know what he said, but right. we do know that something. he did say something that, and it obviously worked because the Leafs came out in the third and they were flying. He scored three goals on Craig Anderson and won the game. Um, so I think that honestly that just proves why the Leafs brought in Marlowe 
for that leadership and accountability and that those kind of qualities leadership and being able to take accountability those will equal success in a tough playoff series. Well, that's well, that's the f- main reason why you br- you bring in a guy like Marlowe. Right. You bring you brought in Mike Babcock, and also don't forget that's why you brought in Ron Hainsey. Yeah. Because he, for like, if you if you whenever they do the ISO cam on him during the games, he even on the bench, he's constantly talking to whoever's part- pairing his most. Hainsey is so good you don't notice him on the ice. He's just that defensively but, sound. But you need that. You, like that's the problem. You need this leader because yeah, last year it was fine because the team was young, so. We all were happy because we had Matthews, so we didn't really care. Right? If they like, we didn't when they lost, we didn't care. No, like, ah, who cares? Well, now, I'm sure you cared in the moment, but but I, it, it wore o- off fast. Overall, you're like, okay, who cares? Like this yeah. team's this team's still young. Of now course. it's a different story because of how well we know they can play. You need that veteran leadership in order to kind of wrangle everyone back in and yeah, kind of I agree. Give the speeches like Marlowe did during the second intermission. Yeah, and it was great to see because we know Marlowe came in for that reason. And, I feel like the Leafs are going to have some meaningful playoff series where Marlowe is going to be an integral part of the Leafs' success because he has that experience. You know, he hasn't won a cup, but he's been to a cup final. He's played meaningful games in his career. Yeah, and same. And even though Rot and Hainsey too, Hainsey as well, he won the cup last year. And he's also, but not even that, like, because that was the first time he's ever won the cup. Yeah. Still, he's just a veteran guy who's been around well, the league. He spent a lot of time in Carolina, right? If yeah. I'm not mistaken, and Carolina hasn't done anything in the past ten years. Well, yeah, well, other than win the Stanley Cup, yeah. yeah. But, but no, but you need those veteran guys who have been around. The, even if they haven't won, you need them to be around. The, like Marlowe hasn't won the Stanley Cup, but this guy is an incredible professional. And he's won countless medals with Canada. Yeah. Right? So you just need that leadership. Yeah, I agree. And um, before we talk about Babcock switching the lines, I want to stick with defense on this team uh, because I have a question for you. Do you think the Andreas Borgman experiment has gone dry for the Leafs? And I'm going to, I have some stats to back this See, up. I know you have stats so to back it up. Let me just say the yeah. stats first and you can tell me your opinion on, on these stats. So he has a defensive Corsi rating of 47%, which means the opposition has the puck 53% of the time when Borgman is on the ice. And just so you know, the only D-man with worse possession numbers are Roman Polak and surprisingly Nikita Zaitsev. Are the are the only two def, d man like defensemen with worse defensive yeah. Corsi numbers than Andreas Borgman, which says something. It really does. And, it does, and we see that that turnover he made last night was terrible. The thing, the thing is, is that the Corsi numbers and number numbers. Don't get me wrong. The numbers are what they are. They're not like you can't go against numbers, but they're not everything because the same the, the same Corsi rating has Jake Gardner as one of the best better defensemen in the leagues. But you watch every no, but game, you know but, why Jake Morse. Jake Gardner has a good Corsi rating because he has the puck a lot. I know, but all the mistakes... What I mean is that, yeah, he has a good Corsi rating, but when you watch him, you think, okay, no, like he's not actually that great of an actual defenseman. He's great offensively, but yeah. he's not great D- defensively. Gardner, exactly, yeah. and, it, and like you said, benefit of the doubt because he always has the puck, so he doesn't... But when he does have to defend, he's awful. But Borgman is not an offensive defenseman, and he has Borg, a good Corsi rating. The thing is, is that, okay... With Borgman, the same thing with Zaitsev last year, and the same still with Zaitsev is that he's Borgman's 23, and this is his first year playing in the NHL. He was playing in Sweden last year. Yeah. He's still young, and he's still adapting to the game. You got to give him time. That's the one, like, same, even same with Carrick. You got to give these guys time. Yeah, their numbers suck, but what did you expect? This guy's never played in the NHL before. True. What did you expect? So it's either you ride, you ride with it, or. You should make him help to scratch, yeah. which they did for Travis Dermott, right? And they can't, they can't really, they don't have that much leeway right now, especially with Riley and, and Zaitsev so out, right? I think, I think, yeah, his numbers aren't the greatest, but 
last night he had a really bad game, like yeah. a bad game. Terrible. But you, if you don't give them the proper playing time and you don't make these mistakes now, you're never going to get better. Of course. So yeah, like should he be a health? Maybe should he be scratched? I don't know, but we're kind of strapped right now because of the yeah, injuries. I'm not saying he's a terrible defenseman. It's just something to think about. It is something to think about. Just something and also, to think, I think about. Just going off today with the new line combinations because we talk about the defense. We're going to get to the... Uh, Let's actually, get into the line combinations now. Because I was going to talk yeah. about the new def- yeah. defensive line combinations. So Babcock so. switched up the lines, bumping Leo Komarov to the fourth line with Moore and Kapanen and moving Kadri up to the second line with Marlowe and Mitch Marner. So that Kadri is, is being taken away from Leo Komarov for the first time in a long time. And Marner is finally playing on a line that is in JVR and Bozak or the I know. Line. And Marner, Marner and Marlowe have some good chemistry. So I'm excited to see how if I, these lines okay he, he these were just practice lines so we don't know for sure if they're going to be lines he uses tomorrow night but uh but usually it's a night? good but usually it's a good it's a good case like right it's a good indicator that these lines will be floated out there I hope because these this lineup is actually great. Even that fourth lineup. Mark my words right now Nazem Kadri is going to start scoring goals and getting points like crazy again. Yeah, well you put him with Marner and Marlow who are both well, more so Marlo, Marner is going to feed Kadri Marlo is going to feed Kadri more so I think this is going to benefit Marner more because now he's playing with two actual like, well, Mar- yeah Marlo is going to bonafide 100%. goal scorers yeah. so this is only going to benefit Marner and yeah. also Marlo plays defensively and honestly I like Brown with Bozak and JVR that's a good I line. like that I like that because Brown's got the speed and then JVR's that net presence and Bozak's the center on that line It's I think it's a good third line that's a good and also the fourth line's not bad too with Komarov, Moore, and Kapanen no I know keep Kapanen in the lineup I don't know why this guy hasn't been in the lineup all Martin, season because Matt, Matt Martin you don't need Matt Martin I don't care if he fights Matt Martin sucks at hockey you don't need him in the he's lineup he's actually been good this year not good good for, for, for an enforcer's standard right he hasn't been a good player I mean he, it's good to have him in situations where you need to stand up to the opposition. But other than that, he doesn't do much on the ice that warrants him staying in the lineup no, long term. Yeah, I agree with that too. He shouldn't be yeah. in the lineup. For me, he wouldn't be in the lineup. But also now, so that's the off the offense, the defensive pairings from this for Gardner, Hainsey again. Then you had Carrick and Dermott, Polak, Borgman, and the seventh defenseman of Val- is Valiev. Valiev? Yeah. They're going to give him a chance? I don't know if they're going to give him a chance. Has but he, he played was, a regular season game with the Leafs yet? No, not yet. But I think he played like last... He, he played a, I think he played a couple games last year, but not yeah. this year. He hasn't played, yeah. but he was a seventh defenseman today at practice. I like that name. Valiev. Honestly... Is, is he Russian? Russian or East, some Eastern European. Valiev. It could be a Greek name too, but it doesn't matter. So if we go... Lines. If we look towards the Leafs' next three games, they've got Chicago, Dallas, and the Islanders. And two on the road, by the way. So these aren't easy games by any stretch. Chicago's playing better now. Dallas is playing very well. And, well, the Islanders are kind of a bubble team. So out of the, the three, Islanders are the that Islanders. is the easiest game out of the three. But it's just weird because, like, the Leafs have been playing... I want to say they've been playing bad hockey the last month. And they still have a 12-point lead on a playoff spot. They're not getting out. They're not going to get into like a playoff race anytime soon. They're way ahead. They can lose six, seven games in a row. They'll still have a six-point lead on a playoff spot. Like, yeah, but I don't. I don't like. It's like that. I hate that too. It's like where do you, where do they go from here? They know they need to be playing better, but it's not a situation where if they don't play better, then they're going to fall out of a playoff sometimes, spot. Sometimes, sometimes that happens. Like you, like I've seen it in soccer all the time. Whenever 
in these leagues sometimes when the leader when the the team that's in first place kind of runs away with the league and it's kind of a foregone conclusion that they're going to win they they slack a little bit and then they start losing games mm-hmm. I don't like this with the Leafs because yeah don't the numbers say it. we have a 12 point lead but we know just as well as anyone knows the Leafs can collapse and oh god can they collo- they can they collapse wow that's easy for but me to honestly, say but honestly it would take a catastrophic collapse for them to fall out. And it did happen. Brandy Carlisle, remember? How many games have they got- played right now? 26, uh, 44. They played 49 games. So they've got, what, 33 games left? Yeah, roughly. They would have to lose, like, 23 of 33 And we've games seen that before. To miss the playoffs. We've seen that before in the final Randy Carlisle year. Yeah, well, we have. I, I'm no, not sorry, saying not, you're wrong. Not, sorry, not not that year. The year before that, the Brian Burke, the 18 wheeler falling off. Yes, the cliff that here. year yeah. we saw it because they were in a playoff spot. And oh god! But that was also a bad team. That was a team. The only players from that team who are still playing are Kadri, JVR, Bozak, and Komarov, and Riley, Riley. But still, and Gardner. Shit, there actually is. There are a few. <laughs> But the core of the team, as we know, is are these younger players. So no, the core of the team are those guys that you just named that were part no, of the eighteen wheeler. No, 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 no. The core Cora Brown, Austin Matthews, Patrick Marlowe, like these these new guys, they account for so many. No, so much like a high percentage of the team's points. Right there now, there are future, but who? But you, when you look at Cora, they're not the who, future; they're the present. Yeah, but when you look at the core, who's been there? Who's part of the core of the? Those are because they've been the longest serving Leafs so far. Yeah, I know, but the culture is changing. The, the, the culture hasn't changed at yes, all. Yes, it has. Because they're still playing awful defense. But it's not. That's not because of Bozak, JVR. And yes, it is. It's, a, it's, it's not the, only because of them. It's a team effort, right? No, but the, Marner's hasn't been good but defensively. What I'm saying either. before is that they were those core players: Riley, Gardner, Bozak, Komarov, Kadri, and JVR. Those six guys yeah. were part of the collapses that we've seen in the past. So. Those are those guys take up a huge chunk of the lineup. But there were also a lot of other bums on that team that aren't on the yeah, team now. Yeah, but I don't. But what I'm saying is that they're still on the team now, right? Six okay. guys, six okay. guys out of the out of the starting roster. So twelve forwards, right? Right. right. Whatever. They're still part of the team. Which yeah. what I mean is that that DNA is still going to be there because that's the players that we've had and they've been through that. I'm not saying just get rid of all of them and start new. That's not what I'm saying. You got to slowly wean them out and start. And start a new actual culture change. Because if you're a team, perfect, a perfect example is what I'm going to use this is that with soccer, right? The team that I like, Juventus, they finished two years back to back in seventh place, right? Which is unheard of for them because they're usually leading the league. So the next year, what did they do? They did a they did a kind of a revamp and they sold off the bums and kind of the guys that were there in the past to bring in new guys to offset it. So you create a new culture, right? And also, they brought in a good coach too, which the Leafs have done with Babcock. Know. I don't know. I don't know. That's that's all. I, that's all I can say to that. I don't know. But it's it's, it's this. This was a good back and forth. I like this. But we have to move on because we we're just talking about the Leafs, and it's five thirty-four. All oh. we've talked about is the Leafs. Yeah. So now let's move on to the NHL. We'll just get through the Colorado Avalanche quickly, so we can move on to the NBA. But they are killing it right now with ten straight wins. And I just want to talk about this because it's developing into a nightmare for Matt Duchesne, as we mentioned earlier, who left Colorado earlier this season because he wanted to play in the postseason, only to join a terrible Senators team that currently sits 14 points out of a playoff spot. So if I'm Matt Duchesne right now, I'm pissed. I'm more than pissed. I am regretting this decision to leave Colorado big time. Well, to be f- okay, obviously hindsight's twenty twenty. In the In the moment... 
You didn't really blame him for leaving Colorado. No, I didn't. He I did because he didn't want to. He didn't want to stay, even though it's his boyhood team. So it kind of sour, like kind of the, the relationship. He wasn't kinda, happy playing there, so yeah. He left. So he wanted to leave, and that's fine. But so no one could have predicted that Colorado were going to turn it around as much as they have. You know what? I think that could have inspired them to start playing better. The fact that Matt Duchesne said that in an interview that he wanted to play for a competitive team. If you're Colorado and one of your like best players is saying that you guys like their their team his like Colorado's not good enough for him. That's what Matthew Shane was basically saying. And you know what? If you're Nathan McKinnon, I'm thinking like I want to prove people wrong. I want to prove Matt Duchesne wrong. We are good enough. Yeah, and, and let's stop he for is. You. And I'll look, let's look at the stats. Nathan McKinnon has 23 goals and 59 points. He hasn't had that many points since his rookie season. Yeah, and he's sitting two points behind Nikita Kucherov for the league lead in points overall. So right, Rantanen 47 points. Rantanen 35. And Rantanen's yeah, Rantanen's been great too, and it's only his sophomore season, and he already has 47 points. Even too, man, Tyson Berry has 27 points. And we have to mention, oh. John Bernier has 21 wins. I think he's tied for the league lead with 21 wins. And he has a 920 save percentage. So take that, Leaf fans. <laughs> John Bernier is killing it in, in uh, Colorado right now. And it's, he won last night. Good on him. He came into the Air Canada Center. He played a pretty good game and even won to, it for his team. Even look, too, like even their backup, right, Verlamov, yeah. 912 save percentage. That's not bad, but... For a backup, that's st- that's pretty decent. So though. during Colorado's last like this ten game streak, take take in this. They have forty one goals for and sixteen against. That's hey, crazy. They've picked it up. They've realized what happened. They've lost. They lost their best player. Which yeah, some people argue who's actually their right. They lost their so called best player, and they got a whole of a deal. Joe Sackick did an incredible job. I know with all the picks and prospects. Did, so did you really expect Joe Sackick not to do a good job? Well, up until then, he was kind of doing a pretty shitty job, but this deal kind of brought him back around. But what I'm saying is that they've picked it up, and good for them. Now, Duchesne must be kicking himself because he could have. Yep. He could have. I don't know if maybe if he stayed, this would have happened. I don't think so. So I don't know, but Ottawa. Yeah, I, I don't know. The romance is done. Eric Carlson doesn't look like the Eric Carlson we all know. And no, he, but that's a, that's a different story. And honestly, I didn't want to. I don't want to talk about Edmonton or Ottawa right now because we've on so many different podcasts we've talked about it and nothing's changed. They are still out of a playoff spot. They're still playing shitty hockey. Yeah, but and why? Like, like nothing th- has changed. Like these organi- we know that for Ottawa and for Edmonton, and for Vancouver and. and a lot of Canadian teams. Vancouver's done pretty well this season. Not well, not off. They're near the bottom of the the West. But they're part. But they're part of. But we, still, at they're least part of the rebuild. Right. Still. They're at, doing at least we know for Ottawa and Edmonton, this their seasons are done. This season is a write off for both of them. So they've got to be looking forward to next season, and we're not going to talk about that anymore because it's irrelevant now. You know, everyone knows where they are. Everyone knows what their issues are. So let's just move on. So, well, if we move on to the NBA, we're going to talk about, we're going to do a complete 360. We went from talking to a team that's won 10 in a row to talking about a team that's playing horrible right now, which is the Cleveland Cavaliers. And it all like culminated into this 140 giving up 148 points against uh, the OKC Thunder earlier this week. Ooh. Last week, I should say. Is this the point where as a Cleveland Cavaliers fan, you say, "Wow, this team really isn't that good?" Um yeah, you might you might have to start thinking that because their defensive issues are becoming a huge concern. We've talked about this so many times. 
But what can what can they do right now to get back on track? And there's these rumors being thrown around all over the place. Oh, Coach Tyron Lue is going to be fired. They should trade Kevin Love. Like, there's so many rumors surrounding this organization right now. There's so much speculation. But what do you do if you're Cleveland right now? The thing is that whenever there whenever there's whenever there's a trouble, whenever you're going through a slump, these this rumors, is more than a slump though. Like this has been a whole season thing. So whenever you're in it, I know the first. Obviously, people look towards the coach because the coach is always the he always is a scapegoat. You get rid of the coach and whatever. But I don't really, I don't really know if this is Tyron Lue's fault. Like he doesn't really coach the team, anyways. To be fair, it's pretty much LeBron's yeah. team and whatever LeBron. Well, that's goes. that's a problem in itself, right there. It is a problem. You in can't itself. have a player running your team, and that is what LeBron is, which Le- is stupid. And he and he's had good numbers. Well, what what did he just he just broke a stat yeah. too. Yeah, he has good numbers. But LeBron James always has good numbers. That's yeah, he, we know he's going to have good numbers. But the team around him right now sucks. He has thirty thousand points. And part of the problem, based on the research I've done, uh, apparently Ty Lue isn't using his rotation. He's using this. He's been using the same rotation all season, and leaving out players like Channing Frye and Jose Calderon. Who are solid players and can can make a difference when they're on the court. They don't play much, but they do make a difference when they're on the court. Yeah, so far Channing Fry is, has yeah. four points, is averaging four points as well as Calderon. But well. they've been playing Isaiah Thomas and Derrick Rose like extensively, and they're both not playing well. Well, Derrick Rose hasn't played in like a while. I know, but yeah, but well, still, okay, there's no excuse. Yeah, I know because but you're looking at the na- you're looking at the name. Obviously, you're gonna play Isaiah Thomas more because you just acquired him. From I know, the but if it's deal. not working though, even if it's not working, you got to make it work because he's your he's now one of the guys. So you have to try to make it work, or else it's gonna be a complete bust, right? Which it is already. Well, I don't know if it's a bust. He he doesn't look the same. But mind you, he's coming off almost a career-ending injury, so it's not. The thing is, I don't know. The Cavs, don't worry. LeBron's going to leave again, and it's going to cause another riot. Yep. So it's going to be fun. But do you, th- do you think the Cavs need to make a major move at the trade deadline? Or stay the course and hope LeBron finds another level in the no, playoffs they need like to, he always does? No, I think they need to stay the course. And it's not LeBron that needs to find another level. It's more, right, Dwayne Wade needs Kevin to start Love. picking up. Kevin Love needs to start picking Isaiah up. Isaiah Thomas, like we Same, said. Same, right, right? Isaiah Thomas, J.R. Smith to Isaiah. Tristan Thompson needs to start picking it up as well. So if I had to ask you this question right now, hot or not, the Ca- the Cavaliers will turn up the tempo in the playoffs and once again return to the NBA Finals. No, they're not going to make it but to that's the finals. But that's what everyone said last season. Let's not forget about that. I know that's what everyone said last season, but now we're talking about this season. I don't think they're... They'll probably make the playoffs again. They're not going to make it to Well, they're the going to make the playoffs. We know that for they're sure. Not, they're not going to make it to the Finals. But what a thing that would be if they somehow missed the playoffs. Can you imagine, like, their next 40 games, they lose, like, 30 of them, and they miss the playoffs? That would be something. That'd be crazy. But let's move on to the Raptors, because they've had some questionable losses in the past four games. But still, they only remain two back of Boston because Boston's lost three in a row, which is good for them. So, now we've talked about the Raptors' bench all season. They've been consistent enough to give the Raps a chance at winning every game. But they do have a couple blips. They have had a couple blips this season, such as in Philadelphia, and most noticeably in Saturday's 115-109 loss to the T-Wolves. Yep. Andrew Wiggins and the T-Wolves. They were, they, they were leading in that game for most of it, and they just let it slip at the end. And the bench did nothing in that game. Kyle Lowry had 40 points, and you know it wasn't much of a game for anyone else. Mind you, the Raptors were playing it back-to-back after a really hard-fought win against San Antonio. And 
Minnesota is a really good team this year. I think they're thirty-one seventeen or something. So like they're they're no joke. Minnesota. Andrew Wiggins is leading that team right now. But still, if the Raptors want to be an elite team, they have to be able to beat good teams on a consistent basis. Agree? It's, it's yes, but yeah. it's something that you need to be able to grind out the wins, and that's they they have they've done it, but they also haven't done it. This is the same yeah. problem with the Raptors, right? You need to be that's able. What I'm saying. When things aren't working, you need to be able to grind out a win, and you can't be dropping these games against Philadelphia, yeah, and even no. against Minnesota. Even though it's a back, it's a back to back. Look at Golden State; they rarely lose games against teams like that ever. That, cause that's the thing; you can't drop those points because they count. They and they matter. Yep. Because if you can't if you can't figure it out now, then in the playoffs when you need it, it's not going to come off. Right. You're not going to be able to produce. So, what grade would you give the Raptors going into the All Star break? Um, I still I'd give them still I give them an, an A. I'd give them an A. Yeah. They've done well. The bench has been unbelievable. I don't know how the bench keeps doing it. Like averaging 38 points a game. That's I know. That's great. Mind that's you, very good. mind you. Also, the opponent's bench is averaging also 38 points against us, too, which is not the best. Yeah, but it's okay. They're winning games. They're making it work. They're winning games, yeah, but they need to still be better a little bit. Here's another hot take question. The Raptors will finish first in the Eastern Conference. And I'm saying, I'll just say my answer first and you can respond. I think yes, because I think Boston's overachieved all season. And I think it's going to finally catch up with them in the second half of this season. I think they're going to run out of gas. And I think the Raptors are going to move up to be the best team in the East. I don't know. I think Boston's going to end up first because the Raptors are still, still too inconsistent, and I don't think they, I don't think they have what it takes to be first in the division. But I don't know. It, it could happen. It, it could very could, well it happen. Could happen. It's close. It could happen, but I don't think so. Because you think about it, Cleveland's like five back of the Raptors now. The Raptors have this second spot pretty much locked up. So right now their their only motivation left is to go for that first spot and play the eighth eighth seed in the first round. So if I'm the Raptors right now, I'm saying we should not be dropping any of these games because we're going for first. Yeah, we're going <laughs> for first. They like should they should be any of that the the fact is that they've done well this season, but they still need to pick it up. You can't be dropping these games, all right? Yeah. That's when your bench becomes that more important as these in these back to back games. Because now you really need your bench to pick it up, and they have, but then it also relies on the starters. So when Kyle isn't having a good game, when DeMar's not having a good game, good game sorry, I should say, even Abaka, Valanciunas, everyone else needs to pick it up, right? And unfortunately, it hasn't really been happening in the last, recently, because we lost. But when was the last time we've had a Toronto team finish first in a conference? Toronto FC. Well, other than the TFC. The Toronto FC. <laughs> Just the Toronto FC, that's it. No, didn't the Raptors finish first? In the I don't think so. They I, don't, they I don't remember a major Toronto team finishing first. The Leafs definitely haven't Blue in the Jays. past. In the division, yeah. but it's different. In the, it's different though. It's different in baseball because you don't have conferences. It just goes by division, right? But the division is the conference. Yeah. Then. They, they but finish. I don't know if they were the best team because you know there's two divisions in each, like the AL and NL. I don't. I don't know if they were the best team in the whole divi- in the whole conference. I think the fact yeah. of the matter is, TFC is the greatest Toronto yeah. franchise team to ever, ever. They're the greatest Toronto. team. Yeah. I honestly, based on stats alone, TFC is the greatest team. But let's move on to the NFL playoffs because we got to wrap up here soon. So the Brady Show took over in the AFC Championship. How did they come? In the back? Patriots' twenty-four twenty win against the Jacksonville Jags. 
Only three teams have come back from a 10-plus point deficit in the fourth quarter, and all three of those teams are the New England Patriots. And now they enter their 10th Super Bowl final. Tom Brady's 7th, I believe. 10th Super Bowl. Most by any... I I wrote the wrong stat for that. Most by any team... Well, Bill Belichick and Tom Brady, together as a duo, it's the most... They've been to the most Super Bowls out of any other coach-player duo in NFL history. And honestly... You really, you you really. As soon as you saw, as soon as it was kind of midway through the third, and the the turning point for me in the game was when Jacksonville they they recovered the fumble, right, and that that was a big game changer for them. But they had the opportunity to move up field in good field in good field um, position as well, and they did nothing with it. Right. And as soon as that, as soon as they lost that drive, I, I in my head I said they're blowing this. They're blowing this. Was there ever any doubt that the Pats weren't going to come back? That's the thing. Like, like for as even when they were down twenty to ten in the fourth. As people, as oh man, you could hate them all they, all you want, but they're so they're so clutch. good. They're clutch. Tom Brady is unbelievable. And like when you He's look at forty, I still I can't take that in. Like I'm not a huge football fan, but I'm just getting into it now. And Tom Brady is like it's unbelievable how he's still playing at that level at forty years old. You could probably go for another like five in a five sport years. where you take a lot of damage to your body. Yeah, mind you, he's had a good diet, so he keeps out. But like when you look at the stats, like Jacksonville pretty much dominated all the st- all the stats. Yeah, all the stats. They had a great game. Total yards: three hundred and seventy-four yards. They had to New England's three forty-four. They spent thirty-five. They had thirty-five minutes of possession compared to New England's twenty-four. You've got to give them credit for hanging with the Patriots as long as they did, especially on the road. Yeah, but then they they ended up blowing it, and also too. I don't. This has been made the conspiracy of like people going against, but I don't know. The whole game, New England only had one, one, one penalty called against them. I don't know how that happens. Yeah, I don't know how that. Like, I don't know how you go the whole game, and you go and you only get one. It's the same in any sport. Cleveland gets the calls. Golden State gets the calls. New England gets the calls. Yeah, but that's on. That's it's not fair, but that's that's the way it's always been in sports, which sucks. It's unfortunate for the teams that are playing these powerhouse teams, but I don't know. That's the way it is. Moving on to the um, NFC Championship. This game had was nothing compared to the AFC Championship. Oh, this game was it was a horrible football game. Huge blowout. Philadelphia Eagles beat the Minnesota Vikings 38 to 7. And this one was a mis- mismatch right from the beginning, right from I the, honestly didn't expect right from the first whistle this game was over. I didn't expect this to be a blowout like it was. Case Keenum dominated all game long. The Eagles play the Pats in the Super Bowl 52. Now, wait, when is the Super Bowl? It's Well, let's search that up. I know I think it might be this weekend. Sunday, February 4th. Oh, 4th. Because 2nd is a month. Right. So, so two weeks. Yeah. I, I don't like that, though. Like, you play a big NFC championship game, and then there's two weeks of build-up and talk before the Super Bowl. Awesome. Like, imagine that in the NHL. Like, you play the East final, a team wins, goes to the Stanley Cup final, and then there's a two-week break. But you know what, though? Good on, the, like, Eagles also had great numbers, too. You like, that's so much time to talk about what's going to happen in the game. I didn't. I think the fact... Mind games I think where, where, where Eagles really... Do you think they, they were, have a decent shot at beating New England? They, but I said that about Jacksonville, too. And Jacksonville had a decent shot, too. And But it just... You can't go against New England. You can't. What I was going to say about Philly, though, is that, like, you look at the rushing yards. They had 110 rushing yards compared to the Vikings' 70. They've that, got a good running game. They do. And also passing, they had 346 yards. It's not... Do do they have a shot? 
in the Super Bowl, anything can happen like we saw last year with the Patriots and the Falcons. Anything can literally happen. But it's Tom Brady and Bill Belichick. I don't know. The Eagles are really going to have to pull something out. Yeah. But, but I think Jacksonville laid out a good blueprint for what you can do because Jacksonville played unbelievable up until the midway through the third. Yeah. And it kind of just... I was. I had to at TSN yesterday. I had to. I had to do some clipping, like make some clips for uh, you know PTI that American yeah, show. Yeah. So, one point that I really agreed with with uh, one of the guys, he said that Philadelphia has a good running game, solid defense, and they're overall a good team. But good doesn't cut it against New England. You need to be great. You, you need, need to be, be better. You need to have a, an absolutely perfect game in every aspect to beat New England. You. You need exactly not. And literally, Jacksonville played pretty much almost a perfect game. And but when you have Tom Brady, who literally is throwing dimes across the field, and Amendola, I don't know how. Like all of a sudden, it just turns off. Ah, it's incredible. So it's what? Are, what are your predictions for the Super Bowl? Give me some early predictions. Um, I'm prob- it's going to be New England. Predict the score. Predict the score. Oh God, what is? Am I okay? Just see how close. Just to see how close. I think you are. the score is going to be. Score is going to be 24 for New England. Okay. To 24 to 17. Kind of a low scoring game, but I think I think I think it's going to be a low score. I that's my opinion. All right. It's fair enough. All right. Well, we we've teed up the 52nd Super Bowl and now we've got 2 weeks to talk about this and <laughs> and change our every opinions. sport every sports network is going to be talking about this. The next two weeks. I just don't like that. I just don't like how there could be so many different mind games within this two-week span. And hopefully Brady's hand and Brady's going to come in with a freaking glove on again. <laughs> I saw this ESPN uh, photo. I don't know if you saw it. Where they're like, oh, who wore it best? And it was like... Brady or Jackson? One, it was like, it was Michael Jackson and it was Tom Brady and then some baseball player and, and um, I forget who the other guy was. Tiger Woods or something? <laughs> but it was funny. It was really funny. The answer is always yeah. Michael. All right, let's move on to our Do You Know Sports segment. For right. our, uh, this one, because last last week, the questions were kind of hard, and you had a little bit of trouble with them. So I think I made them too easy for this week. So if you don't get 5-0 five, uh, five and oh for this uh, oh this God. segment, stop, then... Stop putting this pressure on me. So you already, you already answered the first question earlier in this podcast unintentionally. Really? Which two teams played in last year's Super Bowl, and who did the halftime show? Okay, well, it was New England and Atlanta. Yeah. Who did the who did they have? So that's, your, that's your point five. It was Coldplay. Yep. Bruno Mars. Yep. And Beyonce. Yep. You got all the marks. All you right. got two point five marks. That, that equals be, one. That should be technically four. No, it's two point fives. Uh, who did the Toronto Blue Jays sign this past week? Oh, they signed. Well, no, that's a trick question because they signed. Okay, just name one of them. They signed two. Name one of them. They signed I know someone both. today. I know Carl. But let's not include today because I don't even know what happened today. It was this. It was. His his name starts with an S, right? Or it's like sh- they've signed a bunch of guys. I know, actually. but the pa- I know because they signed someone today. So I I was looking more. His name's Carl, but not Carl, not today. I, the guy they signed today. Yeah, they signed someone. But today. Let's not t- talk about today because I don't know who they. Okay, signed but today. that's what I mean. So I'm thinking yeah. of him. Let's it's, think of last. Isn't it? Th- it's Greg. Really? They they signed your Greg? <laughs> Is it? <laughs> not the two players I have. Shit. Hey, that's that's kind of similar to one of them. Shit, Shits- kind of Shitsky? <laughs> no, <laughs> I yeah, don't know. Whatever, I- you just throw this question away. They, they signed uh, they, some guy named Al Albuquerque. 
Where were you and then, looking? And Curtis Granderson, obviously, they, they officially signed him today. Okay, Curtis Granderson was the one that I was thinking. Yeah, that was today. my other one. Wait, who was... Al Albuquerque didn't hear about this guy? Let me see the Blue Jays, because I, I, I was thinking of one. So but anyways, I'm going to move on to the next yeah. question while you search that. Uh, where's the NHL All-Star game this season? All-Star game. Tampa. Tampa. Who's performing the halftime show? Rand- this is the guy, Randall Grichuk. They they must have signed a bunch of people. But anyways, who's playing the halftime I show? I know this. The All-Star it's, Kid, game? it's Kid Rock. Kid Rock. Right. So you're, you've got two right. You're two and one. Uh, which NBA coach got fired earlier this week? Oh, shit. You don't know this? I thought you know this right away. Is it a big name? Yeah. Huge. Doc Rivers? No, Jason Kidd. Milwaukee. Jason Kidd got fired from Milwaukee? Was like three days ago, yeah. <laughs> Yo, it was really? huge news. Yeah, Jason Kidd's gone. He's Damn, out. I didn't know that. Milwaukee's been playing bad uh, basketball lately, and they pulled the gun, jumped the gun, and fired Jeez. Jason Kidd. Holy crap. Yeah, I was going to ask you your, your opinion on that. I didn't even know it, so. Yeah, so... And last question. Name one of the NHL prospects who could go number one at this year's draft. Darlene. Rasmus Darlene. There you go. So, you, what, you did three three and two, right? Not bad. I thought you were going to go five and oh, but you've got next week to hey. to redeem yourself. That was, a, that was a really hard question with the Blue Jays because they've signed they've so signed many people. They've signed so many players. <laughs> so, maybe I shouldn't have done a Blue Jays one. So, maybe I'll leave the Blue Jays off the next one for sure. But... Again, thanks guys for listening. If you are listening, this has been a really good show. Actually, I liked Francesco and I's our back and forth when we were talking about the Leafs. I don't think we've ever had like a, a heated argument like that on the show yet. That, that like, wasn't even because most heated. of the time it wasn't that heated, but most of the time we agree with each other when we're talking about yeah. something. But this time we actually didn't. And once again, we didn't ask Adam to be on the show. <laughs> yeah, that's our bad again. I tagged him in the post last week. I said we want you back, and he's like, "Oh, I want to be back too." And then we can say okay. anything else. Well, I think that. we're gonna see Adam right now. So right. Uh, oh, remember how oh I said my god, earlier? he could have came here and done the podcast. Remember with how us. I said earlier we should do this after class? Yeah, Adam could have been here. Okay, you know what? We're gonna talk to Adam. We're gonna get him back in the show we're so we can actually sh- talk some baseball. Gonna, the Jays, yeah. Look, the Jays are signing so many players. Adam has opinions on this, hundred percent. Better than ours. Way better than ours because we're not informed. So. Whatever. We're going to get Adam back, and you guys keep listening. You know, we're Want gonna- you back. Oh, baby, give me one more chance. Show me that I love you. Don't you? I don't know if that's a copyright. Like, we can get sued for that, but... Oh, come on. It'll only sued if we play the real song. If we actually no, but have the clip. Yeah, but don't you... Yeah, I don't know if you're singing song, it. Yeah, you can only sing a certain amount of... Like, a time of a song. Yeah. Okay. That's well, maybe too. the chorus is copyrighted, so... Maybe, maybe we just... We're going to have to get rid of... Uh, trash this whole podcast. We're going to jail. The Jackson family's gonna Next sue us. Next time you're gonna you're gonna Jermaine hear us Jackson record. is yeah. gonna be suing us. Hey guys, you're gonna be uh, recording my songs. <laughs> <laughs> All right, guys, this this is gonna go on forever, so we're gonna just end it here. See you this guys. This has been after the whistle. See you later.